Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we're talking about the Hawks' 112-123 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks come out like a ball of fire in the first quarter and build a 20-point lead. The Hawks chip away and get all the way within six points, but are never able to take the lead and come back to Atlanta down 3-2. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, that was a huge letdown. Before the game, we found out that both Giannis and Trey Young would not be playing in this game five. And of course, this is up in Milwaukee. And as soon as the game started, you could tell what the Milwaukee Bucks game plan was. They went right at the Hawks in the paint. Uh, the first points were scored by Drew Holiday as he drove right through uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich's chest and went up for a layup. And from that point on, the Bucks were making a point of getting into the paint, uh, scoring a lot of points there, really using Brooke Lopez with no Giannis in the paint as he has not been used most of the series. And they built a huge lead again, all the way up to a 20 point lead in that first quarter. They'd outscore the Hawks 36 to 22. The Hawks did a nice job of kind of cutting into that lead and getting it down to 14 after one quarter. But after that flurry, there's really not a lot the Hawks could do. And um, it was real frustrating in that first quarter. Just the Hawks couldn't do anything to get in. And as the Hawks, as the Bucks have done in all of their wins, they did a brutal job on the boards where they were really able to take advantage of their size and do a lot on the offensive glass as well. The Bucks outscored the Hawks in the first quarter, 28-8 to in the paint. Um, in second chance points, they doubled up on the Hawks, 8-4, to and they beat the Hawks in transition as well, scoring 6 to the Hawks, 0 points. And, I mean, from that point on, it was the Hawks trying to get back into this game. This wasn't a good Lou Williams game. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich was good at the beginning and the end, but he had a little run in the middle of this game where it looked like he re-aggravated his knee injury a little bit and he was ineffective and the Hawks just never found any real combinations that worked to their credit. Again, they were able to kind of whittle this lead down. They actually scored 34 points in both the second and fourth quarters, but they never strung together that really big run that put the Bucks, um, in any sort of situation where, you know, they felt like they might lose this lead that they ha had built um, or put any pressure on a lot of the role players who stepped up. Now, in without Trey, the Hawks went back to Lou Williams in the starting lineup. And without Giannis, the Milwaukee Bucks put Bobby Portis in that starting position, and he pay really paid off for them. He finished the game with 22 points, and that would be uh, one of four players in the starting lineup for the Bucks who'd go over 20. Um Drew Holiday would have 25, Chris Middleton 26, and then Brooke Lopez, just huge game, 33 points, um, three, seven rebounds, four of those offensive, just a huge game. And the Bucks didn't get a ton from their bench. They got 12 points combined from Bryn Forbes and Pat Connington, but they didn't. Again, they got four players in their starting lineup all going for over 20 points, and that was really it. That first quarter run, build a huge lead and hang on as the Hawks tried to string a few things together. For the Hawks, they got a nice performance from Bogdan Bogdanovich. He finally had his three ball going again. He was 7 of 16, 10 of 22 for the game for 28 points. Um, behind him, John Collins was another slow starter, but he got going with 7 of 16. He had a couple of really big threes that kind of kept the Hawks within range. Um, but it was just... He would finish the game with 19 points and eight rebounds, but it was really just a tale of 
that first quarter being so decisive and the Hawks not really having anything and certainly not, they were missing Trey Young um, trying to get back into this game and get over the hump. Uh, but just, it's really brutal to have a game kind of sucked out. It's a little bit of a mirror image of what happened with, to the Hawks in game four, where they were able to, uh, you know, not have Trey in their uh, role players, especially Lou Williams come out and have a huge game in front of the home crowd, build a lead that the other team's not able to get into. But this felt a little different in just that like any time that the Hawks felt like they had any run, something a foul would be called or something like that. The Hawks would be called for 22 fouls compared to just 17 from the Milwaukee Bucks. And when the Milwaukee Bucks are the team that's coming out and trying to be more physical, it's just mind-boggling that somehow the Hawks have more fouls than them. In other games, you could say certainly that the Hawks, you know, they do foul some people on purpose. But um, to have the game be decided in that first quarter just feels awful. And it felt like the Bucks kind of set the tone as to what style of basketball was going to get played. The Hawks got up 90 shots in those games they've won. They've generally averaged about 85, 84 shots a game. So this this game, especially at the start, was played at kind of a breakneck pace that always favors the Bucks in that situation. Um, and even more so without Trey, who's one of the you know really good ball handlers and pace setters for the Hawks. But again, to get back to the fouling situation, this Bucks team is a rugged defensive first team and for somehow how the Hawks to foul more than the Bucks did is, is mind-boggling I get you know teams can certainly play defense without fouling but you guys got you have players like PJ Tucker and Brooke Lopez who play good defense but also foul a lot and uh you know they were able to get second chance opportunities beat the Hawks on the glass and really kind of set the tone again I thought the first play of this game really showed where this game was going to go with Drew Holiday just going right through um, Bogdan Bogdanovich and that not being called an offensive foul or something like that. Um, now, the Hawks didn't get a ton from their bench. They had, of course, Gallo chipped in with 19 points off the bench, and I thought uh, both Okongwu and Reddish did a nice job. But for the rest of the Hawks, Chris Dunn, I think he does a really nice job on offense. He has a positive plus-minus in this game. He was plus six, actually led the team. But he just doesn't have a spot on this on the floor right now. He brings nothing on offense, and in fact, he he just turns the ball over. and And it's not um really the defense that's so worrying for for me for the Hawks, but it's the offense. And when you have possessions that are just empty possessions because they can't get the ball into John Collins on a mismatch, or you just miss dribble the ball, you know, Chris Dunn has missed a ton of time. And this isn't a uh, Cam Reddish situation where he's like a young guy who's getting his first taste of the playoffs. Chris Dunn has been in the league for a little while, and I just don't think this is an opportunity to stick him in. Um, now, I do understand Nate McMillan was trying to find some rotations at the beginning of the game. The Hawks, again, got blitzed. It was 10 to 30 at one point in this game, and so he was trying to figure out what combinations worked, but it just did not seem like any of the buttons he was pushing was working, and it's tough to be in a uh, an opponent's court and trying to make adjustments on the fly, getting guys like Lou Williams, who had such a just sparkling game in game four to come back and then have such a brutal game. Lou, which is eight of 15 from the field for 17 points, but he had six turnovers after having, I think, just one in game four. And the turnovers were a huge problem for the Hawks. They had 14 turnovers that resulted in 14 points for the Bucks, while the Bucks only had nine turnovers. Um, you're not going to be able to win a game on the road, turning it over 14 times. 
um, allowing the other team to shoot 50% from the floor. It's just not, not a winning style of basketball. And so it, it was a brutal loss. I don't think there's a ton to take away from it, especially if we get Trey back. Um, I imagine that Trey is going to come back for game six being an elimination game. But the big takeaways, again, I think are, are sort of like what happened in game two. Just notice what the intensity is like with with that the Bucks are playing with. And if the Bucks are going to come with that energy, the Hawks have to match that. And they've shown that they can. I thought one of the big things that the Hawks did coming back to Atlanta was show that they they had another level. And they certainly could have won game three. And then they had a big win in game four without their star player and Trey Young. And I expect them to match that same intensity uh, throughout this playoffs. The Hawks have kind of played through every situation. You know, the the one main thing that they've done in every series is they've won game one, which has given them a little bit of a cushion to figure things out on the fly. But in that first round series against the Knicks, they got up on the Knicks. They got up 3-1, and it went, up, it went back up to New York. And instead of letting the series drag on a little bit, they finished it in New York. That is super impressive for a young team. Against the Sixers, they got down 3-2. Uh, they got down um, three two, and they won two in a row. Or excuse me, they got down one to two in that series, and then came back and they built a three two uh, series lead themselves, and then went into a game seven on the road and won a game seven. That's not normal for a young team. Now against the Bucks, they get a new situation where they have an elimination game on their home court uh, for game six, where they have to win to stay in this playoffs. And I'm really interested to see how this young team responds. They've kind of answered every question so far in the playoffs. They've proven to be a very resilient team. They've proven to not really care about what the expectations have been set on them, but rather just believing in themselves coming out and getting wins. Um, and they've gotten big contri contributions from different players throughout this playoffs. Kevin Herter was not his usual self in this game, just three of 12, two of seven from three point land for eight points. Clint Capella, Clearly, his eye was bothering him. He just played 21 minutes. He was 2 of 3 from the field for 6 points. Um, he missed a few, quite a few free throws. But this Hawks team has surprised everyone during this run. And I think, again, they've gotten really good experience at each level. And this is just a new experience for them in a must-win game um, for Game 6. And I think they're going to rise to the occasion. Now, for the Bucks, we don't know what the status is for Giannis Antetokounmpo. He didn't play in this game. And they did a nice job of really... Uh, taking it to the Hawks and using their advantage, really shifting Brooke Lopez into his natural position uh, as a center in the middle of the paint and hit him turning that on around for 33 points. Now, I think if you put Trey Young in this equation, Brooke Lopez looks a hell of a lot worse just because if if uh, Lopez is going to play that drop coverage and maybe they stick to the switching if Trey comes back, but if they go to the drop coverage, we've already seen what Trey Young can do to Brooke Lopez and I I, I really would love to see Trey Young go against a Giannis list uh, Bucks team. Trey Young will have a field day if he is uh, anywhere close to 100%, which he's not going to be with the bone bruise. But Trey Young is going to have a field day against the Bucks without Giannis. But um, they have to get back to Atlanta. They have to defend. And uh, they have to send this back to Milwaukee for a Game 7. But, of course, that Game 6 is first. Game 6 will be on Saturday. In Atlanta, um, the Hawks will need to win two more games to get to the NBA Finals, but the Kettlecast will be here after Saturday's game to talk to you and provide a recap there. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!